everyone! Before we start, I wanted to let you know, if you would like to watch our whole service, head to our website, that's dc2.me, and from the media drop-down, click Sermons. You can watch our whole service there. And now, here's this week's sermon. My name's Renee Loring, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and we are in for a treat this morning. We're taking and putting a little bit of a pause on our villain series because we get the rare opportunity every once in a while to have our global partners come and join us here in person. And so coming out on the stage um, with all of our chairs are Uli and Nikki Dochi. Can you give them a warm welcome? So we're going to spend just a little bit of time this morning getting reacquainted. We know we have a lot of new friends, whether you're here in the auditorium with us or joining us online, that don't know how we got to this place here on stage with Uli and Nikki. So we're going to go back and take us uh, first, Albania. When I first met you in 2007, Uh, You had this great trick. I didn't know where Albania was. Share the trick with us so we can orient ourselves on the map. God has made it very easy. You know, every time I meet somebody, I want for them never to forget where Albania is. And it's very easy. Because when you think of which country in the world is the easiest to find on the map, Italy is easiest. I mean, the boot of Italy is right in the middle of the Mediterranean, the middle of the world, by the way, Mediterra. So, you find Italy on the map, and then you think of uh, Achilles' heel, you know? (laughs) Well, the closest point to the heel of the boot of Italy is Albania, okay? It's only 40 nautical miles across the Adriatic Sea east. And then Greece is our neighbor in the south, you know? So, Italy is the way to connect. But it's also mentioned in the Bible. Do your friends know? No. Tell us a little bit about Uh, that. Oh, boy. See, when Paul um, was writing to Romans, and he was telling them that he finished with preaching the gospel all the way from Jerusalem to Illyricum. That's what he says in Romans 15, verse 19. So Illyricum is the name of Albania, old name of Albania. And actually, my name, I-L-L-Y, Ely, you just fi- flip it, Uli, that's my name, because it means the land of the new star. My name means star. Don't blame me. I didn't name myself, okay? <laughs> but, see, you will remember now. And that was the end of the world for Paul, in a sense, because he had preached the gospel from Jerusalem, Judea, you know, what does it say? Samaria. And to the end of the world, he could have just said Illyricum. So, so that's where I was born. Wonderful. So I think one of the things that's amazing about what God has been doing in Albania really is tied to its history. So if we go back to 1967, Albania was, one of, was the only country in the world that has been, was um, fully legally atheistic. There was no religion that was legal in Albania. And so then if we jump forward from that time to 1990, this was lifted and crew came in. And so, Nikki, we've got a photo from 1992 I want to put on the screen here. Can you tell us a little bit about this photo? 
Well, when we took the photo, little did we know that it would be shown all over the world. It's a historic <laughs> <photo>. <laughs> uh, but this was taken, this was the first team that went for a year period uh, with crew to serve in Albania after the fall of communism. Your sons and daughters, thank you for sending them to my country. Thank you. I want for you to praise America for sending these wonderful missionaries. So I was on staff with crew in, Al in uh, Illinois, and they were looking for a team to go and serve in this newly opened country. So I, after a process, I said yes, I would go and be a part of this team, didn't know anyone. And I, the only thing I knew about this team was that there was this, this uh, guy from Romania, grew up in the US, who was an administrative nightmare. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's Adiel. So, so Adiel, if you and Laura would stand up, um, and we've got Adiel back, uh, he was on this team, so we are so grateful for Laura and Adiel. It is the connection of this team all the way back to uh, 1992 that they've kept in friendship that brought them to partnership with us in Discovery. So we've been in partnership just learning and growing together since 2008. And then one of the other exciting things is out of that partnership grew where we adopted the Elbasan campus. Sometimes that can get a little confusing. How do these two partners in Albania work? And so that grew up. We did a lot of English camps over the years. And then every year now, we get the opportunity to go back and work side by side with the Elbasan team. So we're so grateful for that. So you guys have served in Albania since 1990. A lot has changed from when communism fell to 2021. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that change and what you're seeing culturally happen uh, there in Albania? I, I want you to picture, the, it is difficult to understand a more stark contrast than what God has done in Albania. Because like Renee said, in 19... Uh, 67, two years before I was born. I only look a little older than that, but, you know, <laughs> I am not that old. 1967, Albania was officially declared atheistic. Like North Korea, maybe communistic, but, I mean, it's more open than Albania was. You could not come to Albania. Some people I've heard have gone to uh, North Korea. <laughs> to meet the president of the United States, you know, the Albanian uh, communists broke up with China after they had broken up with Russia exactly because uh, your president went to China. And so the Albanian communists thought that China is becoming revisionist, is moving away from the pure communism of Stalin. So I grew up without seeing a Bible without meeting anyone who believed in God. I was 21 years old, and 21 is actually not young. 21 years old when I first met these guys that came to Albania that you sent to my country. And I thought, it's impossible for an intelligent person to believe in God. I, I was amazed that these guys were educated and good looking. No. But uh, it surprised me that um, it was true that God actually loved us so much as he sent his only son to die for our sin and, and be raised again. 
You see, the gospel came to Albania since the first century. Albanians have been Christian culturally since the first century when Paul came with the gospel. But then uh, Muslims came in the 1400s, and the uh, majority of Albanians became Muslim. 70% of Albanians became Muslim. So I come from that kind of a Muslim background, and I am very grateful, eternally grateful, for you guys coming to church because you love Jesus and following his word and sending your sons and daughters to countries like mine. Because here I am today. I am your brother, you know? I'm your brother because of that faithfulness. So thank you again. And what God has done since 91, when Albania opened up, it's tremendous. See, in 91, there were only 13 to 16 known evangelical believers in the country, known by the missionaries that had left Albania when communism took over in 1940s, okay? So there were elderly people. I didn't know anybody. But the missionaries would think, oh, is, is so-and-so alive? Oh, yeah, he was baptized in 1938. He is still alive in 91, okay? But practically zero believers in 91. Well, guess what? 30 years later, 2021, there are over 30,000 evangelical believers with, you know, covering every city of Albania. Every city of Albania has an evangelical church. It's amazing what God has done. I would also like to say that it's because of the Americans uh, involved in Albania since 91, like there were some lawyers that came to Albania to help the government design the Albanian constitution, which was legally atheistic, now to be allowing for religious freedom. So those lawyers prepared the ground for us to become legal and to become official religious community now. So they were at, that, at the top, the lawyers were, and then these were at the ground creating the church, and now we have a wonderful uh, reality when the Evangelical Alliance of Albania, which is the umbrella organization for all these 30-plus thousand evangelicals now, sits at the table as equal with every other religious community. So again, it was people from your country, so thank you. You know, it's amazing to me when we see the fruit of work like this. People just you, like you and I that say yes to Jesus, that walk and get a call, and we see a change in a whole nation. So that's just thrilling, just so exciting to see what God has done. So you mentioned the Evangelical Alliance. You've been president of that for the last five years. You have one year left. Tell us a little bit about what you're expecting and hoping for your work there for uh, this next year. Love that question because it's really a wonderful opportunity right now. Yes, since five years ago, I became the president of the Evangelical Alliance, which means all of the evangelicals. It means Pentecostals and Presbyterians are together, okay, because we did not have that uh, denominational division that has developed through history, you know. We kind of, yes, there were missionaries from different denominations, but we realized we are Christians. So, beautiful, beautiful reality. And... Um, being the president of the Evangelical Alliance means I am one of the five uh, religious communities in Albania, which, as I said, uh, means that we sit at the table with the prime minister or the president, and when they have issues about uh, religious education, what do you think? And you know, I sit there, yes, um, we think, uh, yeah. But 
it gives us a great opportunity. Now I will be the chairman of this interreligious council, okay, in January. And I want you to pray for the opportunity we have to define um, a moral vision for Albania. Like what kind of a country, what kind of a nation we want to be now as we will enter the European Union in the next three to five years, you know, and we will have pressures, different pressures on us to conform to new ideas about different things, but we want to remember who we are, you know, family, um, uh, uh, hospitality, you know, the dignity of the individual, and other things that Albanians have been proud of. We want to define in moral terms who we are. So that is an opportunity I want you to pray for as I serve in this role for the next year. That's just so exciting. And I think the next thing I would just want to talk about is it's been amazing to see God lay steps upon steps to prepare you for what's next. And so you guys have some transition coming up. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So starting in March, when Uli is finished with this role uh, as president of the Evangelical Alliance of Albania, we'll be, we've been asked to serve as the uh, directing International Leadership Foundation for all of Europe. So International Leadership Foundation is a subsidiary of CREW, so we're still going to be serving with CREW. And we'll be coming alongside of uh, top-level leaders throughout all of Europe to try to bring transformation in societies. Yes. We have been working for over 20 years with students. Students are the leaders of tomorrow. So after 20 years and having, you know, uh, raised an army, it's over 100 full-time Christian workers with our organization that are working with students and teachers and different uh, segments of society. So after 20, after 20 years and having raised that army, I think we feel we have the luxury now to focus on the leaders. And that's why uh, we want you to pray with us as we... Um, embark on this new journey and it is uh, we're going to oversee this over all of Europe and Europe is actually more complex bigger than US so it's really ridiculous to think of a your European director of anything okay but God is at work we we are just joining him and we expect to see amazing things happening in Europe because of him so thank you Nikki, I'd love to have you talk a little more about the work you've been doing with um, the women leadership there and how you've really seen this prepare you for this next step of ministry. So um, I'm leading since 2016. I've been leading the secular group of, of diplomat women, international women. Uh, it's a secular group, but my desire there, just like for all of us, is to be the light of Christ wherever we go whether it's in church or it's in our field of work, a secular organization or a Christian organization, we want to be the light of Christ. So I took this on. It had been started in 2012 by the British ambassador's wife at that time. And then when her turn or her, when their duty in Albania was up and they left, I was asked to take this over. And I did. And what it's done now is I ha we have friends all throughout Europe. We have two in Italy that came to Christ uh, with me and we're in a Bible study with me. So now as we embark on this work with International Leadership Foundation throughout all of Europe, we already have friends in all of these countries. And it's so, it's, it's incredible to see how even back in 2016, God was preparing us for what we're going to be doing now. 
Yeah. Uh, let me just tell you this. It's funny. You know, see, I was the president of the Evangelical Alliance, and uh, and I would meet these um, ambassadors in different functions. So the ambassador of one of the European countries invites us for dinner, and I thought he invited me and my wife for dinner. So we go there. You know, it was the occasion of the another ambassador from Japan that had come, and so he had invited several ambassadors and Nikki and I. So when we sit at the table, you know, his wife says. And this is Nikki, you know, she is the head of the IFIT, it's International Friends in Tirana, and that's really her husband. Yeah. <laughs> so I realized actually I was invited because of her. It was interesting. So guys, I'm amazed. It, it's been a wonderful opportunity to meet with some very important people as the result of that kind of um, work that Nikki does on the side. Well, I just think it's such an amazing story. What I love and wanted them to share with you is it's all about saying yes. It's about God stitching together our stories for what his kingdom and purpose is. When you said yes to IFIT, you had no idea of where God would be leading you in leadership across all of Europe. And it's easy to put our friends overseas on pedestals, right? It's easy to say, oh, they must be much closer to Jesus than the rest. But they're moms and dads, they're, they're, they love Jesus just like us. And the same thing can be true for you, is it saying yes to what God is calling you today. And he too will stitch your story together here in your circle of influence, just as much as he has stitched their story together. And so the other thing I just wanna name that is so thrilling to me about what's happened in your work is now of the over 100 staff Almost all of those are Albanians. Yes. It's, if you would just talk a little bit about that. So when Ariel and I were there in 1992, there were no Albanian staff with crew. No uh, Christians even, no, no, no Christians anywhere in the campus. No. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but now from 1992 until today, now we have 125 full-time Albanian staff with Campus Crusade for Christ and who are doing this work full-time of reaching their people, reaching college students, planting churches, reaching out through social media. Um, so it's thrilling. Missionaries. Who are full-time missionaries going even into to Turkey, Turkey and Bosnia. Kosovo and Bosnia. Yeah. So, and you all are part of that. Many of you are partnering with them. You're partnering with us. You're praying for us all. And we really couldn't do it without That's partnerships. That's right. So. Now, when these guys came, I remember Adiel. Adiel and I would study Ecclesiastes, okay? So Adiel introduced me to Christian philosophy. Uh, it was amazing. Since then, I came to Denver to study philosophy of religion because of that, so thank you. But when these guys came, they had this vision. We will turn lost students into Christ-centered labors into the worldwide harvest. They are Americans, you know, they have crazy <laughs> ideas. But it actually happened. And here it we are. It is a reality. Yeah, that's just so exciting to me to see. So you have two lovely adult children. Uh, we've got a photo here. I'd love for you just to give us a brief update on what's happening on the gladly, home front. Gladly, gladly. Our son, Aaron, is 22. He graduated from Wheaton College in May. Uh, our daughter is 22. She'll be start or 20. Sorry, she's 20, and she'll be starting her junior year at Wheaton College. Uh, much thanks to their generosity, to be honest. 
And um, they're both serving at a Bible camp in New Hampshire. They're working there this summer and enjoying it immensely, um, being stretched greatly, but also enjoying it. And you can be praying for them. Pray for Abby as she goes back to Wheaton in still this COVID era. And pray for Aaron, just God's direction where, where God wants him to serve. It's just exciting. It's been a joy. That's one of the fun things of long-term partnerships is watching our friends. Yeah, our, our kids are friends and just seeing uh, them grow up together. So one of the things I really love the most about this reciprocal relationship we have really points us back to a passage in uh, Revelation. It's so easy in our world to put God in our just North American, Broomfield, Westminster, Thornton box. But when we get a chance to connect and rub shoulders, it gives us just a taste of what it, what's to come in heaven. And in Revelation here, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes, all peoples and languages, standing before the throne, and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And so we get a taste of that. Today we get a taste of that as we talk and we share. So I just want you, if you're comfortable, just to reach out your hands. We're going to pray over Uli and Nikki and what God is doing there in Albania. So if you would just join me as we pray over them. Father, we just again stand in awe of how you not existing in time can stitch things together in profound and beautiful ways that we got to hear today and what, um, how you've prepared, prepared Uli and Nikki for this next season in uh, leadership development across all of Europe. We are grateful to hear and just to be able to bear witness as they share what you have done. So Father, we pray for all of the crew staff that is doing the work there. We pray that you would be with them as they're getting ready to re-embark on campus ministry in the high schools and on the university campuses. Father, we pray for the students that will hear the good news. And Father, we just pray for Uli and Nikki this, this next year as they uh, finish up their work with the Evangelical Alliance and just as you prepare them uh, to launch out to even a uh, broader field. Father, we pray for Aaron and Abby for their time at camp, that it would be rich, that it would be... Uh, just to continue to build and develop and encourage them for what's next. So watch over and care for them. And Lord, I just pray for us here that you would remind us that you would keep the dochis close to our minds and our hearts, that we would stand with them in the work that you've called. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, So God. we have four ways that you can take steps to go deeper. If you are encouraged uh, by what you're hearing today, here's four things. We're going to have a lunch after second service. You can go home, water your garden, and come back. If you haven't RSVP'd, no problem. I ordered extra. Uli and Nikki are going to be sharing more details, more photos of what's happening in their work and what's to come. So there's one thing you can do. Another one of the things is you can sign up to see, uh, receive regular updates. For those of you online as well, uh, dc2.me slash dochis. 
That's going to uh, invite you to fill out a form. There are two ways you can sign up to get um, updates. They do a monthly prayer calendar that has prayer requests every day that you can pray through along with them. And then if you like more frequent updates and you love the pictures and the stories, they have a private Facebook group that you can join. And as needs come up, they post them there. So go ahead and follow that link to sign up. We'll get your contact information to Uli and Nikki. Uh, on your seats, there's also a prayer card. I encourage you to take that home. Put it on your fridge. Use it as a bookmark. On the back is a QR code that you can scan to find out more. And one of the things I love to do with our different partners is connect it to something I encounter a lot. So pizza is amazing in Albania. Um, so then every time you eat pizza, use that as a reminder. Or if you're a feta cheese lover, Feta cheese is served a lot. Use that as just that trigger to remind us to pray. And then the last opportunity, we are going to head back. Lord willing, we've had to cancel twice because of COVID, but we are going to be heading back next uh, late June, early July to work with the Elbasan campus and connect with Uli and Nikki. On August 29th, we're going to have an information meeting here at church. So we encourage you to come hear about that mission trip and see if maybe that's the right next step for you. So uh, we just look forward to seeing you guys for lunch. Thank you.